0: Woo! Rest in peace. Yeah. Because Donko said so. What you gonna do? But to be the man, you gotta beat the man! Ah, I come here to fight. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Beyond the Bell Podcast. Ring announcer and broadcaster, Sean Beckerman here with you. And today's theme is centered around the music of professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is a sport based on theatrics and crowd reaction. So it's no shock that entrance theme music is such an important part to every single show on television each week. The timing needs to be right. The mood needs to be right. The wrestler has to be the right person as well as the song needs to be just right to truly create a memorable entrance for a specific superstar in professional wrestling. The fans recognize it many times, just hearing the first few notes of a popular wrestler's or superstar's entrance music, and it can make the crowd rise to their feet. The Freebirds started it, and since then, music has become the biggest part of a professional wrestler's entrance. In many ways, it's become uh, divas or superstars' trademark. The music and wrestling industries have also had a history of cross-promotion that has reached its peak in the 80s during the Rock and Wrestling Connection from the World Wrestling Federation. The Rock and Wrestling Connection saw WWF at the time matches appear on MTV, wrestlers appearing in music videos, and popular musicians appearing on wrestling shows. And it basically allowed an entire generation who hadn't been exposed to the product become fans of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. During this time, WWF manager and wrestler Captain Lou Albano appeared on Cyndi Lauper's music video. Uh, The single was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Everyone remembers that in 1983. And in return, Lopper appeared on World Wrestling Federation television challenging the captain to a match where the female wrestler of his choice would fight the female wrestler of Miss Cindy Lopper of her choice. You know, Lopper chose Wendy Richter while Albano chose the fabulous Moolah. The match was scheduled for July twenty third, 1984, the brawl to end it all, one of the major events for the World Wrestling Federation before WrestleMania. It was broadcast live, live on MTV. Meanwhile, the World Wrestling Federation superstars also appeared in Lapras music videos. The Goonies are good enough. I remember the Goonies. I love the Goonies. I was a big fan of Chunk, Time After Time, and She-Bop. So this was the early stage of music and professional wrestling. But from then on, seemingly everywhere, uh, or everywhere you went, music was attached to professional wrestling, rock and wrestling was in full effect. And then it seemed, if you saw on television, seemingly every single wrestler who came to ringside had a theme song. So it went from no music at all to basically generic entrances to these the superstar's favorite tracks to music blaring through the speakers and arenas. And some picked a song that fit their gimmick, while even some decided that they should should sing their theme, hence Sexy Boy from the Heartbreak Kid, which we'll get to later on. A great entrance can do a lot to get a superstar over with the crowd, and often that starts with a great entrance theme. Where the theme comes from can vary, whether it's a a pre-made song from a Uh, An A-list artist, or a theme created by the federation or organization the superstar is from. Uh, When wrestlers first started, the start well, when they first initially used theme songs, they used mainstream music because it wasn't developed. Jim Johnston wasn't wasn't there with the World Wrestling Federation to develop the theme music. But as wrestling grew in television exposure, the need to pay royalties on that music. Uh, like companies to use their own in-house composers, hence Jim Johnson, to create themes. Um, it not only cut out the royalty fees, but allowed companies to sell their music. Uh, it's a it was a surprisingly a, a very lucrative source of income for companies, and the World Wrestling Entertainment, World Wrestling Federation, back in the day during the Rock and Wrestling connection, benefits even to this very day. So I thought, since this rich history of entrance themes, I've always been a big fan of professional wrestling entrance music and themes. I have my own SmackDown and Raw themes. Each and every month I update them with the most recent music. Look forward to the volumes that, that come out each and every year with the the hottest and latest music for the superstars. So I thought we'd count down the top 25 professional wrestling theme songs of all time. And we should keep in mind that I used a a strategy to, you could say, rate superstar themes. And I believe there are five main keys to focus on, or five main, you could say, rules that each song was graded on to make this top 25 list. First one is song quality. You know, I understand it's it's a theme. You know, it's not going to be, you know, your Jay-Z. It's not going to be Barbara Streisand. It's not going to be Frank Sinatra. You know, but while a slow-building song, a fast-paced song, but is it a soundbite that plays for 45 seconds, or is it an actual song? That's going to be the, first off, it's song quality. Now, I understand it's wrestling themes, but is it a soundbite that plays for just 45 seconds, or is it an actual song? You know, if you played it for a friend who knew nothing about wrestling at all, would they listen to it and like it and think it's a good song, you know, or would they look at you like, oh, you're such a dork, which my, my wife says to me all the time. Number two is opening. A key component to any successful theme is the opening, hence Stone Cold Steve Austin glass breaking. While a slow building song or a quiet opening might work for a ring entrance such as The Undertaker. It doesn't work for an interruption, such as when the glass breaks, like I said, with Austin coming out, or the the if-you-smell-from-the-rock. Picture one wrestler in the ring ripping into his opponent, and then suddenly an opponent's theme plays, and it doesn't work if it's subtle. So, to make an in-ring wrestler stop his tracks, you need to fear what's going to happen next, hence that initial note. So, the opening plays a part. To this top 25. The overall character fit if it fits the superstar that it's partnering for because we've seen a lot of themes that have been made as generic even though they had lyrics behind them and were sung and produced by a band but it was generic in terms of the theme of the song so it could fit any superstar. So these songs I've selected fit these superstars perfectly. The song's contribution to memorable entrances from the wrestler is another key component. Sometimes we trigger memories of historic moments in professional wrestling linked to theme music. So that plays a big role. And the last key component is longevity. Some wrestlers go through tons of themes uh, for different gimmicks that they go through and different promotions because most themes do not carry over from promotion to promotion, hence copyright laws. So a good theme becomes synonymous with the wrestler so that no one else can use it without looking like they're trying to rip off the original. Hence, Mr. Perfect, which we saw with, uh, you know, Sean Stasiak, the ripoff of the perfect theme, which we'll get into. So we're going to break down the top 25 themes of professional wrestling. Yes, I know it's biased based upon my viewpoints, but let's, let's break it down with number 25. Perhaps the best stable of the 21st century, Evolution, filled a void that many wrestling fans have been missing since the days of the New World Order back in the WCW World Championship Wrestling. Motorhead has become a fixture of Triple H's entrances, but line in the sand helped create a harsh but still above the rest mystique around all four members of the group. Nature Boy, Ric Flair, the Legend Killer, Randy Orton, and the Animal, Dave Batista, included. Although they were the biggest heels in in the business at the time the level of cool that this group had was only matched by how well this theme song fit them I love this theme it it presented it was the future version of the four horsemen I love Triple H's uh, the game theme by Motorhead but this was a nice transition to the heel faction and it just created that arrogant cocky style that It was so cool to see Ric Flair and Triple H lead out this group of stars, these up-and-coming stars in Batista and Randy Orton. I truly feel that this is an excellent, excellent selection to kick off our top superstar wrestling themes. Ravishing Rick Rude used Sade's smooth operator while he was in world-class championship wrestling. Fitting, but not a great entrance theme, nevertheless. But, when he came to the World Wrestling Federation, Over the Top was definitely the way to go. In a rare case of the 80s World Wrestling Federation usually using actually licensed music at the time, Rude was given the song The Stripper, which was familiar to, to so many in the crowd and watching on television. So, it was... A great song to first listen to and establish that this is the the handsome heel. Uh, This was the gimmick that Rick Rude was going for. And it made it very easy to understand that this was the persona of the superstar. Rude, despite being packaged with the manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan, could cut a promo. An excellent promo. And it made the theme even more memorable. But A great gimmick and an underrated superstar performer in professional wrestling, but a great theme. As with other themes that came out in the World Wrestling Federation in the mid to late 80s, there's a distinct cheesiness and over-the-top quality to this theme. It's all about the money, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. It's not something that would that should hold, you know, up over time, but it does in its own way. You could say DiBiase's deep voice booming, you know, out how every man has his price, and that, that laugh, that evil laugh that was just as confident as well as evil. As with other themes that came out of the World Wrestling Federation in the mid to late 80s, there's a distinct cheesiness and over-the-top quality to this theme. It's all about the money, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. It's not something that should hold up over time, but you know, it does work in its own way, you can say. DiBiase's deep voice booming out, how every man has his price, and that, that laugh. That evil laugh that was just as confident as it was evil. And it's one of the most believable and entertaining heel characters in the history of professional wrestling. This theme song truly stood the test of time and definitely makes the list at number 23 for the all-time greatest professional wrestling theme song. The gum slap, over-the-shoulder towel catch, the slow walk to the ring, the flowing locks of golden hair, and the unbelievable in-ring ability. Who can this be? Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. As the name indicates, Mr. Perfect was just that simply perfect. The epic feel to this theme really fit Kurt Henning. And it fit him about as well, you can say, as any theme could be possibly imagined for an individual or a superstar as soon as that first note hit you knew that you were in for a treat and a treat of perfection i could say though he had other theme songs in wcw which are truly forgettable and throughout his career elsewhere such as the awa the one we will always remember is the one that helped make him one of the most iconic wrestlers of the 1990s because why you could say this theme was simply perfect it's not very often that professional wrestling is willing to invest or a professional wrestling company you could say is willing to invest a bunch of money in a mid-card wrestler such as, you could say, Gangrel. But in the late 1990s, they did just that when they rebuilt their entire entrance ramp to create a special section that rose up and became surrounded by by fire. So it was a ring of fire. So it's like he it was coming from the depths of hell. An elaborate setup, but an awesome presentation, nevertheless. Behind the theatrics was a theme song that helped create one of the best entrances of all time, the demonic whispering at the beginning, and the harsh organ were a very believable and entertaining touch to, touch to this theme song, I believe. It works so well, so well, in fact, that when Edge and Christian joined them to create The Brood, the theme song stuck for all three of them. When a theme song can be carried through a whole stable of wrestlers, you know that's a good theme. And when you heard that, that cackle, that laughter in the beginning, and the lights dimming, the fire come, that ring of fire develop, it really gave that, that aura that you're seeing something special. Spotlight on the theatrics of the World Wrestling Federation and how professional wrestling music can fit, a, can fit an entrance so perfectly. Coming in at number 20 for the all-time greatest themes is metal for the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. The 1996 Olympic gold medalist came into the World Wrestling Federation in the late 90s. And he basically took a rough shot throughout the entire company. And you really saw something special in this superstar. This theme was special as well. Initially, it was created for the Patriot who left prior to Kurt Angle coming on board for, in the World Wrestling Federation. But Kurt Angle, this is one, you could say this is one situation or one example of how the superstar made the theme, not the theme making a superstar. You know, that, that bombastic beginning of the trumpets blaring. You really feel that uh, a true American superstar is coming through. What was made famous for this song was not necessarily Kurt Angle's ability in the ring, It was that those two beats, where the fans would begin chanting, you suck, during those beats. And Angle would ask in interviews for the fans not to chant it during this theme, which of course encouraged the fans to do so. So when you can get the fans engaged, it's definitely a top-notch theme in professional wrestling. And it certainly does not suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. World Championship Wrestling isn't going to be well represented in this countdown, I can tell you, nevertheless. Because I feel that WCW did not create good music. Certain themes I thought were were were, were iconic in wrestling, but in the majority of, of the WCW theme music was, was pretty boring, nevertheless, and very generic, so to speak. But Bill Goldberg's Invasion theme was one of the very few that I enjoyed in World Championship Wrestling. With the amount WCW was spending at the time, they could have paid the royalties for for top-notch music, but they decided not to. And most of the WCW themes were poor at best, and you could say were not not defining to the superstar. However, this was one of the best, and Goldberg's entrances were rather long, because they followed him from the back out to the ring. So, the theme became more of a soundtrack to Bill Goldberg rather than just a strict entrance theme. And this is one of the few that I found were very effective in World Championship Wrestling. Watching the Superstation on Saturday nights and hearing the opening chords of Iron Man uh, Watching the Superstation on Saturday evenings And listening to those opening chords of Iron Man playing and seeing these two gigantic men just booming out to the ring and destroying their competition, man, you know, I was more a WWF, you could say, fan, but this entrance made me love the NWA and the Road Warriors. And then it led to the World Wrestling Federation era of the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. When, when Hawk's voice hit the speakers and yelled, at, yelled that out, everyone in the stadium went absolutely crazy. The kind of crazy that normally was reserved for Hulk Hogan. You know, the Ultimate Warrior, Steve Austin, The Rock. Most superstars have their fans and have had their critics, but Hulk and Animal somehow transcended that. And they were loved by one and all, fans and reporters. Their theme song was a wonderful match to powerful to the powerful and dominating characters that the LOD portrayed for decades. So whether it's Iron Man or the Legion of Doom, What a Rush by Jim Johnston, those two definitely stood the test of time. There are many incarnations of the Hot Rod, Roddy Roddy Piper's theme over the few years, but I truly feel this is one of the, one of my most favorite ones because it was very definitive in those opening initial bagpipe notes. There's nothing too fancy about it, but it is iconic as we as we look at the past and the impact a theme had for a superstar and on the fans. Piper was was a hell of a bagpipe player as well, but making him one of the only wrestlers that could even play their own theme music. So this is one theme that strictly had bagpipes alone and was effective. No no guitar playing, no rock and roll music, no drums. Strict bagpiping that that created that, that iconic feel for a superstar. The Hot Rod is proof positive that you don't have to be a great physical specimen to make it in the business. You don't need a, a blaring rock and roll theme to, to make an impact as well. His surly attitude served him well for many years, and when you heard the music play, you always knew you were in for an entertaining segment or match with the hot rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. As RVD's, popularity grew, the crowd rea- As RVD's popularity grew, the crowd reaction to the theme was overwhelming, and this is one of the themes by RVD that I felt was uh, a very impactful theme and it really gave some great interaction with the fans in ECW. RVD would later team with Sabu, which was managed by Bill Alfonso and the team would play into the crowd participation aspect of the song like I was mentioning to where you know Alfonso would make a gesture representing each of them. On the original ECW soundtrack album the song was covered by the band Kilgore. whose version was used for the remainder of RVD's theme with the company. But the initial one was Pantera. So when RBD later went to the WWE, they used the song One of a Kind by Breaking Point as his theme, which had some of Walk's influences, you could say, especially the chorus. Sometimes you see a superstar come from a minor league, come to the major leagues, and they totally revamp a theme or do a complete 180 where it it's, does not even represent their previous theme song. But this is one of the cases to where you have, you have that feel of a superstar's theme transition throughout the wrestler's career throughout promotion, which is very special. and it truly is one of a kind with the opening chords leading to the words no chance, that's what you got blaring through the through the speakers. The fans knew that whatever was going on just took a turn for the worst Uh uh-oh here comes mr mcmahon and of course with the song comes the walk. when a man comes to ringside (laughs) like he just grabs his pants you know he means business and business is gonna pick up you know looking back in the 1990s the early 1990s it's hard to believe that an over-the-top baby-faced commentator named vince mcmahon would eventually become perhaps the biggest villain in the history of world wrestling entertainment. But it did happen. McMahon's sinister plots to d- destroy Stone Cold Steve Austin in any way possible were accompanied by phrases like falls the size of grapefruits, Garen Damn tea. and of course, from this song, No Chance in Hell. So, this theme song was subtly perceived by many viewers as the theme song that their boss would have if. He or she was a pro wrestler, and it was successful at getting some of the biggest boos in the history of the sport. Initially, it started out as the theme for the Royal Rumble and carried over to Mr. McMahon theme, Mr. McMahon's theme, which has stood the test of time as well, and it still is, is his theme to this day. and still gets that rousing ovation. It was WrestleMania 12 when Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, made what is perhaps the most memorable entrance in the history of professional wrestling before his memorable Iron Man match with the Hitman Bret Hart at Wrestlemania 12. Though the song was originally sung by Sherry, the sensational one Sherry Martell, like the Million Dollar Man before him, like we discussed earlier, HBK helped create his own character by singing and perfecting his theme music. Shawn Michaels is the ultimate showman and his entrances are some of the best we have ever seen. His music has stuck through countless different storylines, whether it's heel or face, and it has to be considered as one of the best themes of all time as it has remained timeless and truly one of the most memorable themes in professional wrestling. unstable definitely fits the title for the ultimate warrior when those notes hit those initial notes hit like we said earlier that made such a reaction and generated such a response from the crowd that you knew you're going to be entertained and you knew you knew you were going to receive that surge of energy that the ultimate warrior brought to the ring each and every time his song got you so pumped up because not only did it have a pretty good groove to it It was accented by the man just going bananas and crazy on his way to the ring. You knew someone was about to be destroyed when when it hit the speakers. You knew you were going to receive high energy, high impact action, as well as that entrance where I'm surprised he wasn't blown up for most of his matches before the bell even rang. But this this song was definitely unstable. The Warrior was unstable, and it created that unstable environment, which works so well for the Ultimate Warrior and his fans. Many fans will remember the moment of Chris Jericho debuting as being the single or one of the single biggest pops in professional wrestling history. If you listen to the crowd's reaction as the word Jericho pops up on the screen, they go absolutely insane. And this theme song has been carried along with the success of Chris Jericho throughout his entire career in the WWE part of Jericho's mystique was his entrances and his entrance music this theme had multiple variations throughout his career but it truly stood the test of time and it is one of the greatest in professional wrestling history This song, this theme, is a great example of longevity. Bret the Hitman Hart, his theme goes back to the days of the Hart Foundation. Although it was tweaked a bit over his singles career, the WWE ended up adding a guitar riff to the beginning of it to give that impact opening, which worked so well and the fans rose to their feet. And the theme you hear today was born. Bret has one of the most iconic entrances and entrance themes because you immediately knew who's coming down to the ring. You knew you were going to see the hitman. You knew you were going to see a five-star matchup. Jimmy Hart, who was behind the original version of the song, laid the groundwork for Jim Johnston to update and perfect it. And then his return to World Wrestling Entertainment, another version of the song, more modernized for for the new audience, came through and it's still has that, that opening beat, that opening riff, and that that basic beat which still carries over time and has transcended over time. You'd think a guy that calls himself the Sandman would have taken this as his theme song from day one, but the Sandman debuted with a surfing gimmick, using the Beach Boys as his theme music nevertheless. I know it's surprising, right? And then he used songs from Billy Joel and Elton John as his themes. I know, I don't get it either, but eventually, as the Sandman refined his gimmick, the Metallica song came into play, and it became his trademark. Also, please note that while most wrestlers are in the ring within a minute, the Sandman would milk his entrances so that it would take the entire song for him to come down to ringside. Anywhere from four to five minutes, I've seen it take up to ten minutes for him to get to the ring. And if we were talking entrances, this would be the top five all time I think but we're speaking of theme music but we're speaking of theme music and when I announced the Sandman coming to the ring when that note hits the crowd goes nuts and I got goosebumps on my arms I felt it I'll admit I do feel goosebumps coming on and it truly gives that empowerment feeling that you're seeing a superstar come through a unique superstar and having the fans uh, chant along sing along to the song just makes it even better and at the very least you could say every single Sandman entrance was entertaining what better entrance music is there than the original entrance music the song that played just about every graduation to introduce the graduating class is also considered to be the first wrestling theme song Originally used by Gorgeous George in the 40s and 50s for his introduction, the World Wrestling Federation, upon introducing Macho Man Randy Savage, didn't really have a flamboyant over-the-top heel, so Savage adopted this role. The Macho Man had the sunglasses, the sequin-filled ring robe, and the beautiful valet, the lovely Miss Elizabeth. As a professional wrestling fan, you know, like myself, at some point in your life, you probably asked someone why do they play Macho Man's theme during a high school graduation. That's what I asked. The level of iconic value that this song had in pro wrestling is immeasurable. Even if you had only heard it once or twice, it's forever entrenched in your memory with thoughts of Randy Savage walking to the ring and yelling, yeah! When World Championship Wrestling hit paydirt with the NWO, Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation needed a counter. What they got was something better. Stone Cold Steve Austin was a great anti-hero, but he was still a common man ass kicker. And the teenage 20-something snarky fans needed someone they could support. Enter D-Generation X not just traditional rule rule breakers, DX was truly an anti-establishment team that grouped four guys with bad gimmicks with one superstar and allowed them to break character and do whatever basically, you know, that they wanted. Breaking several taboos, rules, mentioning the competition directly by name, acknowledging workers aren't, you know, aren't necessarily like their gimmicks, littering their interviews with Inside references and backstage real life activity, activity that was going on. What made DX work was that the guys legitimately seemed to enjoy the gimmick, enjoy being together. And while they pushed the envelope, they never managed to go way too far. From Triple H, Badass Billy Gunn, Road Dog Jesse James, X Pac, from the original incarnation to China, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. But this theme certainly deserves to be put on our top 25 as it still will gain a reaction from the first initial notes. Are you ready? The slow beat. That pornographic feel to the theme. The sound bites that were included with this this theme song. The NWL Rock House theme by Frank Shelley was the soundtrack for World Championship Wrestling For most of the late 90s into the early 2000, 2001 era of World Championship Wrestling. Up to the demise of WCW. This song carried them out through the the lean times to the high times of WCW. This theme song was used so frequently on Nitro to where it kind of lost its identity with individuals. Because it was used for almost every member of the NWO. Except for the NWO Jobbers that they use the separate pornographic type theme as well. But nevertheless, this theme song still garners attention as it it reminds fans of that era in professional wrestling. That groundbreaking storyline of the NWO invading WCW and it will forever be an iconic theme in professional wrestling. It just took the start of the first line. Do you smell it? For fans to lose their minds, cheering for the great one, the people's champion, the most electrifying man in all of entertainment, The Rock. Perhaps the greatest, most entertaining all-around talent the professional wrestling industry has ever seen. The Rock needed a song that would highlight his amazing skills on the mic while not going overboard and making it sound comedic. This theme song was later remixed a few times and the original Do You Smell What The Rock Is Cooking version came first. But the version that brought the crowd to its feet was most definitely the one that if you smell the 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 chosen one theme that basically transitioned him from a heel to a baby face. This theme song was later remixed a few times and the original Do You Smell What The Rock Is Cooking version came first. But the version that brought the crowd to its feet the most, I believe, was definitely this one. After years as one of the, of the lead baby faces in the WWE, The Rock had become the Hollywood movie star. Many fans took his lack of face time in the WWE as a sign of he no longer cared about the fans or the sport. And the WWE capitalized on this. And the Hollywood remix of The Rock's theme saw, uh, you know, it, it this song... You could say matched his new gimmick perfectly, and it was a great addition, so this kind of fits under the rock spot in the top all-time entrance themes. As the wrestling boom of the late 1990s allowed teenagers and young adults to openly purchase wrestling merchandise without becoming a social outcast, the World Wrestling Federation and other promotions as well, let's give them credit, saw a market for their theme music and began pushing CDs because of it. The CD sold rather well, with several going platinum, think about that for one second, a million copies sold of wrestling theme music. While previously promotions had stopped using music from establishing musicians, you know, due to licensing costs and concerns, the WWF had come full circle and now looked to bring in actually established musicians and have them come in and record theme songs for the wrestlers. One of the first products of this was Motorhead's The Game for Triple H, and it actually was able to hold up on its own outside of being a theme. No one can deny the reaction that Triple H received on January 7, 2002, when he returned from the injury. And what made it truly memorable was the game playing in the background as the lights flickered, as Triple H emotionally played to the crowd. You know, he'd been missing them for so many months, and it really provided a great soundtrack for that moment and Triple and H, to this day, uses the game by Motorhead as his entrance theme, and it still garners such a reaction from the crowd. The organ, the bells, the theme reeks of death, and it should, of course... While the gimmick is a relic of the cartoonish 1980s-era WWF, it, unlike almost all other themes from that era, still works. And it still works to this very day. So much so that when The Undertaker's gimmick was changed to, to The Biker, you know, which eliminated nearly all references from his previous Dead Man gimmick, the resulting backlash basically brought back the original Deadman at WrestleMania 20 despite a hard push for the new gimmick you know included theme songs by Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock which were, which were served very well for The Undertaker The Undertaker's music is one of the best recognized songs all of professional wrestling the lights go out the blue smoke washes in and the bell sounds it's one of the few songs that can send chills down your spine and the streak remains intact in WrestleMania and a big part of that is his entrance that iconic entrance on each and every Wrestlemania that comes in part with the the Graveyard Symphony of The Undertaker what a way to kick off the top three all time professional wrestling entrance themes with The 16-time World Heavyweight Champion... The limousine-riding, jet-flying, kiss-stealing, wheel-and-dealing, son-of-a-gun... The Nature Boy Ric Flair. Originally, the Space Odyssey 2001 theme... But Ric Flair made this theme famous. It stood the test of time. It's been revamped and remixed throughout his entire career. This version, made by the WWE, I truly feel was the best one... Because it capsuled his entire career... And it still kept that classic edge of the theme, but also modernized it for the current fan. Also, the initial woo by the Nature Boy really gives that one note, that opening note, uh, shock value to the crowd that you know you're going to be entertained because the Nature Boy is coming out. This theme was widely used in the NWA, carried over to the World Wrestling Federation, then to the WWE, and now the Nature Boy Ric Flair can go down. Not just in the Hall of Fame, but as one of the all-time greatest professional wrestling themes. And if you don't like it, learn to love it, because it's the best thing going today. The immortal Hulk Hogan could have three theme songs in this countdown separately, but we're going to combine them all together. The most famous Hulk Hogan theme song was Real American by Rick Derringer, the theme that everyone knows. When it comes down to identifying Hulk Hogan with theme music, Real American will always be identified with the red and yellow. That torn t-shirt, the three demandments of Hulkamania, the 24-inch pythons, and that leg drop machine that we saw. The twist, though, was that Real American was never meant to be the theme song for Hulk Hogan. It was intended for the US Express tag team of Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. Hogan, who had new theme music on the same album as well, decided to use Real American instead, which he thought would fit better. The theme wouldn't go to waste though, as it was used for the opening of Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling cartoons, but Real American was, you could say, the theme that Hogan was most known for. The Hollywood Hulk Hogan version, when he joined the NWO, he needed a new image, He he needed a new song. You know, they needed to separate him outside the NWO music, which he was using the Rock House theme. But Voodoo Child was a great mood setter for the cockier, meaner Hogan, and he played air guitar uh, with the with the NWO championship belt. It truly fit his persona, and with Bischoff forking up the big bucks, it allowed Hogan to be, again, immortalized in the professional wrestling uh, music genre. As Stone Cold Steve Austin himself would say, when you hear the glass, it's your ass. This is the final song, the number one rated song of the top 25 all-time professional wrestling themes. And it goes to I Won't Do What You Tell Me for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin's theme fit his gimmick perfectly. When you listen to it, you just want to look pissed off and stomp around which is pretty much how Austin entered the ring every time he was introduced, you know, during the Stone Cold era. The glass shattering sound worked as perfect for an interruption as possible, you know, for interviews, matches, you name it. You know, it usually caused not only an interruption, but the end of whatever interview segment that was taking place. The WWF pushed the theme in albums at the time and would attempt several remixes of the theme, but none ever stuck, the theme song and the gimmick went hand in hand. I love the original one they used. Just when he turned to the Stone Cold gimmick, it wasn't. It was more of a harder theme to fit more of the heel persona of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Then it was transitioned to the modernized Jim Johnston version, where he was the baby-faced Austin. But then another version, which I enjoy, was the "Disturbed Glass Shatters" version, which uh, provided lyrics with it as well, which didn't didn't stand too long. In terms of uh, Austin's career. But it was another enjoyable version of it. But now Stone Cold goes back to the the second version of his, his music. And the glass shatters. And still gains that reaction. And still garners such attention. And it definitely is considered to be the number one professional wrestling entrance song of all time. Well ladies and gentlemen. That will do it for the top 25 all time professional wrestling entrance themes. Hope you've all enjoyed our list. It's a very difficult list to put together. But nevertheless, we had to put the top 25 all-time themes in one one big package for you. There are some I know that have been very popular that have been left out. You can discuss that on our message board on the Beyond the Bell official website. And that is beyondthebell.podbean.com. Also, you can search us under iTunes, search under Beyond the Bell Podcast. Also, you can check out more information on myself, Sean Beckerman, my ring announcing dates. You can also see videos and audio of my ring announcing commentary as well. And that is at ringannouncing.com. That's www.ringannouncing.com. Any comments or questions, you can email me at Beckerman at ringannouncing.com. Love to hear from the fans. I'd love to hear what your suggestions would be for future podcast episodes as each and every episode we feature a different topic and a different theme in professional wrestling. So I'd love to hear your feedback on what you like to see. Also on our Podbean website, you can also check out and preview certain themes for podcasts that are going to be coming up. So I've enjoyed breaking down the top 25 list for you everybody, but I look forward to many more to come. Please leave your feedback and leave your comments. I'd love to hear from you fans out there. And you can also become a fan of the Beyond the Bell podcast on Facebook. Become a fan of Beyond the Bell on Facebook. Also, you can reach my my follow my tweets and search me on Twitter and follow me on Twitter under Sean Beckerman all one word. Sean S-E-A-N Beckerman, B-E-C, K-E-R-M-A-N. Once again, thank you all for joining us for the Beyond the Bell podcast. I'm Sean Beckerman, and we'll see you on our next episode with a brand new theme directed for the world, the crazy and wacky world of professional wrestling. So buckle up, because it's going to be go time.